Hey, it's Christy. Welcome to Do the Work. Today and every day, we'll talk about things that really matter. You, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences. We'll discuss what emotional work looks, sounds, and feels like in our day-to-day lives. Relationships are what matter most, and they can be complicated. If you'd like a better connection with yourself, with others, and with your God, you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Welcome back to Do the Work. I'm here with Mandy B. Singer, and so grateful that you're here, Mandy. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Mandy is my niece, and she is also, um, she works as an adolescent therapist at Families First Pediatrics in South Jordan, Utah. Mandy has a master's degree in social work and has been working as a therapist for 12 years. She specializes in teaching kids and families to cope with worries, changes, and challenges related to mental and emotional health. I loved how you described that, by the way, that because that's what lots of kids need help with, right? right? That's what we're all trying to figure out how to navigate right yeah. now. You help the children, but we have, a, as adults, that's what we're trying to figure out too. She's been married to her husband, Quinn for almost 12 years and has three amazing, adorable daughters. They really do. They really, (laughs) they're so darling. You said also, when you sent it to me, feel free to include or clearly leave out that I'm your family. (laughs) I am so grateful to have you here. And I've, I've been poking for a few months because I just believe that this conversation can be helpful for so many people. Someone might be listening and think, well, I don't have children at home anymore. I feel like that's irrelevant. When we talk about children, we are going to talk about likely younger children, but I'm guessing everything we talk about today applies to teenagers and adult children as well. Absolutely. It's just, it's all relationships and connection, right? That's your thing. Like that's what you are coaching your people on is just how to better connect, how to build those bonds and those relationships. And it's the same thing. I just get to do it with the younger part of the family. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what it is. So thank you. Thanks for being here, Mandy. On a scale of one to 10, how how comfortable are you? Oh, like a zero. <laughs> this makes me so nervous. Um, but I'm trying to be vulnerable and brave. I talk to kids about courage all the time. So I'm trying to practice what I preach. I I really love that. You said in your text back to me, that's exactly what you said. I'm trying to have courage to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation on another podcast with a gentleman. That's exactly like, it is one thing to know how to know principles, to know techniques, you know, I, you know, a lot of things to apply them to our own lives is next level. It's a different game. It is a different game. So I'm really grateful that you're here. And I've reached out to uh, several parents and said, if you could sit down with Mandy, what questions would you ask her? So I have some questions of my own, but I want, I just want to talk about this. You said, I want to be really clear. I can't speak specific. Tell me that. What what are your thoughts on that? So, right. We talked a little bit about what we could talk about on the podcast and I am so happy to like give feedback and thoughts. But one of the great things about having a therapist to work with that's a little bit different than a podcast is you can ask the really specific question. A lot a bit different. Right. Right. A lot a bit different, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Um, But you can ask the really specific questions. So, when I meet with a family in my office, I can really get into all those details about their day-to-day life and what behaviors and emotions and experiences they're having. Yes. Um, here, it's more broad. Yeah, I don't want somebody to think that 
what something that I share is like a one size fits all. You bet. Um, because there's just more nuance to people. Than no that. doubt to every single situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Are there different kinds of therapy that you do, Andy? Absolutely. Will you tell us just different options? Because one of the questions I got was, why would someone take someone, take a child to therapy? So I want to know the different kinds of therapy and maybe that question as well. Yes, I love that. So we do a lot of different types of therapy and it really depends on what's coming into my office. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like when somebody thinks of therapy, Mm -hmm. traditional therapy, Mm -hmm. you're probably thinking of what we would call cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just kind of those basics of how our emotions and our behaviors and our thoughts are all interconnected. Mm -hmm. But when, and this is why my job is so awesome, when you work with kids, you get to do that in really unique ways. Mm -hmm. So I also do play therapy. I do different types of therapy, and it really does depend on what their needs are. If they're coming in to see me for relationships, we're going to be doing family work often. If they're coming in to see me for worries, we're going to be doing that cognitive behavioral stuff. Mm-hmm. If they're coming, if they're littles, we get to play in a playroom, and it's awesome. So why would someone bring a four? When you say little, are you saying three, four? Yeah. Yeah. Why would someone bring someone into therapy? As a three or four year old. So it does depend on where, you know, there's so many different needs that people have. Uh, sometimes there's been a traumatic experience. Mm. And as a adult, we can sit down with our friends and kind of think through that. Or we go into meet with a coach or a counselor mm-hmm. and we can kind of talk through it. But when you're four, five, six, language is your second or I guess words are your second language, right? Play is your first language. And so kids might need to play it out or draw it out or read it in a book. Um, And sometimes as parents, we, we aren't quite sure. We know there's something up and we know we want to support them, but we see it from that adult lens. Mm -hmm. I get to drop down into the child lens and help them with whatever they're going through in that way. So it might be anxiety, it might be a trauma, it might be difficulty with friendships, it might be that you and your child are just at each other arguing, Mm. and something needs to give. Mm. There's many different reasons that might bring somebody my way, and we want to figure out how to best support them. It's sweet to me to think of a child coming into your office for you to, to, to be validated, but you are warm and generous. I'm, this is not a commercial for Mandy B. Singer's therapy, <laughs> but I feel so happy because if generally they've probably had trauma. And so to be able to come into your space, your spirit and your ability to connect is, uh, yeah, what a beautiful gift. I want to be able to help people with that. That's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. I, it feels like an honor. I mean, I'm sure you know this too on the coaching end, right? It's an honor to sit across from people who are in it, yeah, like who are just going through hard things, but they want to learn and grow and come together with other people. It really is incredible to be a witness to that. I I could not agree more. I don't work with children and because I would always refer them if someone needs help with young children, especially, and even most teenagers, I, I would refer them to a therapist to, I can't, can I refer to you in your office or do they have to come through the doctor that you work with? So my office, we're paired with a pediatrician's office. Mm-hmm. Like we 
we really closely collaborate. So for us, it would need to be a patient of the practice. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I don't think I'll ever forget what you just said, that words are child's second language and play is their first. That is so beautiful. Just So just for a parent who can't afford to bring a child in or who doesn't know what to do next, just even that clarity, like, okay, I'm using words here to try to get to the bottom of something. How can I connect with my child in a way that they know how to communicate? Mm -hmm. Right. Rather than that top down, like grown up to kid. Yes. I guess communication. If we can drop into their world, man alive, how healing is that? Yeah. Just on its own to just sit in whatever it is they're going through with them Mm. and and navigate it with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so good. Thank you, Mandy. Okay. I'm wondering, and one of the questions I got was, what's the most common issue, problems, things that they struggle with that you work with children on? I mean, for me, for my practice, and again, there's different like specialties, Yeah. but I work with a lot of kids who are feeling anxious or depressed. They might be feeling perfectionism and that's really causing some difficulty at school or difficulty in friendships. It's just kind of that emotional support. I mean, do you remember middle school? Like, do you remember what a hard <laughs> Can we time? talk about middle school? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, just to support these difficult times that as parents we go, oh, you're going to come through it. Yeah. But sometimes it, it might not feel that way. Yes. Right. And honestly, I, I recognize, I, I do remember middle school and my adult human brain wants to say, and I got through it, so they're going to be just fine. But there are things that children are, are dealing with today that weren't even like, my biggest right. worry was like, who was going to be the blonde Char- uh, Charlie's Angels when we play? You know what I mean? Like, I, was, I was I wanted to be, I can't remember her name, but anyway, it's different. There's a lot of different challenges today that adults didn't have to deal with. Those of us that are, and I'm on the other end of, you're an adult, but I'm on the other end of that. But Well, but me too. I didn't have the internet in my pocket 100% of the time as I was growing up. And I can't imagine having to navigate that on top of like pre-algebra. Like it just (laughs) seems so hard. That's that's a really good point. Children are different, right? There's not a mold for children. If there was, it'd be a lot easier. And there's not a handbook that says, here's how... To parent, you literally learn how to parent as you're growing up, as you're growing up and they're growing up. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that I received was, my son seems like happy, but he doesn't really like to be with other people. Something wrong? Is that okay? Like, he's okay to just be by himself. Is that normal was her question. Right. And and again, there there's some nuance to this. Mm-hmm. If this family were coming into my office, I would get a lot of specifics like, OK, tell me about how interactions are at home and at school. And let's talk about grades. Let's talk about development. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a lot of background that if you choose to work with a therapist, mm-hmm. they would be gathering. But many, many questions that parents ask when they come into my office, I find it pretty helpful to turn around and say, okay, your value might be being with people, right? You might be an extrovert. You might really value that. And that might bring you a lot of energy. Let's take a look at your kid for a minute and see if he values it in the same way. Mm. Is there something developmentally there or is this just an introvert? 
Or is he feeling some social anxiety? Yeah. Right. And kind of helping the parent. I mean, just again, like in your coaching, there might just be one person in my office, but it's not just one history in my office at a time. Mm. So I have moms and dads feelings and their life growing up that comes in as well. That's so good. Want to try to help them navigate so they can really figure out what's going on. As you say that, that is so good. Because so often, without any knowledge, we are putting on our children our own fears. Maybe as a seven or eight year old, we didn't have friends, or we were bullied as a you know child, or and so all of a sudden, and, and we're like, "You've got to have friends," and this is because you're going to have pain, and we don't want right. you to have pain, and right. And so I love what you're saying. I, I'm I'm working with a lot of different backgrounds, lots of different people. Really insightful. Are most parents willing to open up when they, or do they just want you to f- quote, fix their child? Yeah. they. <laughs> I mean, don't we all want things fixed? Mm-hmm. And, and so I don't blame anybody for that. But mm-hmm. when I start to work with somebody, I do a lot of open conversation with everybody, with the kid and the parents. Because yeah. I'm like, listen, one, this is not somebody's fault per se. I think sometimes when kids get brought into therapy, it's like because you're acting out, because your grades are mm. not high, because da da da, it's not an issue of blame here. Mm. So it's not necessarily fair to say that someone needs to be fixed. I, I think what we all need is to be supported. I'm clapping inside. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's so, so true. So we probably don't have children listening to this. How would you help a parent transition that? a thought process from we need to get this fixed. And so often when we want something fixed, it's because we're uncomfortable generally. Tell me Mm -hmm. if I'm off here and we don't want to be uncomfortable. So if you could just fix this, then I'm going to feel better inside of me. Right. Instead of, is there something going on inside of me that's keeping me from being able to connect with this person, this this human, this child that I love so much? Mm -hmm. Right. And and sometimes it does all have honest conversations sometimes with parents saying, hey, it's it's not out of disrespect. It's not saying, actually, you're the problem here. Because mm-hmm. again, I don't think there's a problem. Yeah, But it's saying, what is coming up for mm-hmm. you? And do you have somebody like a Christy, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that can support you, that can help you do your work mm-hmm. while I'm supporting your child as they do their work? And then we can meet back in the middle. I am not a therapist or a social worker, or I'm a coach. But I generally, when someone asks me if, will you work with my child? I'll generally say, I'll work with you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can get help or, or by working with you, you'll be able to see your child in, from a different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just not, a, I mean, sorry, your job's fun. My job's more fun. Do you have a playroom? <laughs> no, I don't have a playroom, but I'm, I'm considering it now. I've got to try to think in my office where I could put the sandbox. Right. I don't know. It's I don't so know what you fun. have in there, but that's beautiful. We do I, have a sandbox. You do. <laughs> what, what other play? Th- I'm so intrigued by that. So you have a sandbox. What, what else would you, what other play? Right. I mean, there's, there's a particular type of therapy called Santre therapy. Oh. Really great for trauma, actually. Mm. But I, I do a lot with Honestly, like board games, the number of times at work that I play Candyland, it's <laughs> astonishing. Uh, we, we play a lot of board games. We do a lot of art. We read a lot of picture books. Because in a board game, what you, what's going to come? Is it just that they start to feel safe with you? Or Great question. I love this question because sometimes I'll have a client come in and be like, my friend told me that my kid could benefit from play therapy, but 
I don't want to pay you to play with my kid all day. I can play with my kid. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not just that. I mean, again, play is their language, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So play is the way that they relate to the world. But for example, there's a lot of different ways to play Candyland. And in my office, we call them Mandy rules. Um, I tweak a lot of things. So I drop into their world, but I do it in a way where I can help build skills. So if you're playing Candyland, every color matches to an emotion. And as you pull the card, you talk about a time when you felt that. Oh. A skill that you use to get out of that emotion. When I'm feeling mad, I get stuck in my mad. But I've noticed if I take some deep breaths or push on a wall, that helps my mad get unstuck. Right? So we're just building these skills. 16-year-olds aren't going to really love playing Candyland yeah. with me. But the same principles are going to apply. We're going to say, okay, let's talk about what you're feeling and how we can move through rather than around that experience, rather than avoid your parents, rather than just go to war each day over the clothes or the homework or whatever. Let's move through it. How can you move through it? That's really, I'm never going to look at Candyland the same. (laughs) (laughs) Not ever. Have fun with the grandkids with that one. I'm going to. Okay. You work with children. I'm wondering, what do you wish you could tell their parents before their child was even born? What do you wish you could tell young couples who are considering having children? I love that question. I think of that question, even for me, like I I still have young little Mm -hmm. humans in my house. Mm -hmm. Um, And I find that so often, and maybe this is just me talking to me here, Mm -hmm. but Often I feel like what I see in my children is a reflection of me for for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. Like it can be a positive and a negative. And in some ways that's true, right? Like we are the models for our children of how to respond and how to behave and how to interact with the world. But that also can feel really heavy. Yeah. And I think it can be really great I talk a lot with parents that come into my office where they're like, oh, it's too much arguing. I can't do it anymore. What do we do? Yes. I talk about switching from the role of referee to the role of a coach mm. and saying, okay, you're not necessarily here to blow the whistle all the time, to stop all the arguments. You're here to help this human grow into an adult. Yeah. And so I think as a parent – or thinking about having children, keeping in mind that you're playing the long game. It's not about the exact moment right now of whether or not they'll put on your their shoes because you're going to go to war over that. Yeah, Probably not necessary. Yes, I'm playing the long game with my children. I want to raise someone who can feel that they can be a successful adult. And I want parents to keep that in mind but not in the pressure way that we sometimes feel of, oh, no, well, they need to do that to ne- right now because in four years they're going to college. Four years is a really long time <laughs> for growth and development. Yes. Think about the difference between zero and four. Yes. Right? So if we do the difference between 14 to 18, we got nothing but time. So insightful. So the long game, if they won't put their shoes on, is what? <laughs> Don't lose your mind. <laughs> I think that's one of the difficult answers. Um, but it's it's try to get down. It's that idea of getting back into their world. Yeah. Like we talked about. Why is this so difficult? Is there a skill issue? Does my child feel like they don't have control? 
yeah. over their own life. Because, Am I always like pushing? Right. Hurry, hurry, hurry. You know, because you, I, as a parent, I want to mm-hmm. like get everything done the way I see it needs to be done. So mm-hmm. maybe I need to help my kid feel more in control mm-hmm. or maybe they don't want to go where we're going and they mm-hmm. have an actually valid reason yes. why they don't want to get there. Yes. And it just shows up as I'm not putting my shoes on. Right. Cause they don't have the words or the language exactly. or, or they've tried to communicate before and it's been shut down. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you tapped a little too close to home for me because I, I've learned a lot of skills, most of them after my children were raised, but I would absolutely go to a place, you know, if my seventh grader has a D in math, I'm like, they're going to be in prison. Like what, how I would, I could go from a D to prison that fast. Like they'll be, and then if they're homeless and then I like tighten all the things. I had no idea that that actually wasn't about my child. Mm -hmm. That was about me. That was about my fear, my pain, my inability to communicate and to draw. I love your language. Drop into their world. I didn't know how to do that so often. I'm, I'm, I did a lot of things that were good too, but there were things where I didn't know how to drop down. I, my fear would take over and I would, you know, I mean, you and me both, right? Like it's hard to be a parent and we have no idea what we're signing up for. Even if we've had great parents that have (laughs) modeled it for us. No, we have no clue. We have no idea (laughs) what we are signing up for when we take this on. Our poor firstborn children, right? I love you, Brando. (laughs) (laughs) Just having to navigate this. It's such a challenge. And I think finding ways to give ourselves as parents some grace and also give that to our children that is so healing on its own. It is so healing. And to allow ourselves to learn, to allow our children to learn, we're here to learn, grow, and progress. And so no matter what stage they're in, no matter where our children are, these principles you're talking about and tools are so, so beautiful, so helpful. Thank you, man. Okay. I have another question. Let's hear it. Children need connection. What are some of the ways that you see parents trying to connect with their children, but they're missing the mark. And and actually maybe two questions. How are they trying? Like, what are ways to connect? And how are some of the ways that they're missing the mark with connection? Oh, man, this is such a great question. I kind of want to answer it from two different developmental perspectives. Like for people that maybe have younger kids, but or like teen, even to adult children. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's helpful to think about it, though, for when you had younger kids. Think back to the time where you're like, okay, I got 20 minutes. I can play a game. Mm -hmm. And we go to sit down and we play a game. But then they change the game rules. And we're like, those aren't the rules, man. Like, we want to fix that. We want to fix those rules. Or they're like, hey, we're going to play house. And you do this and this and this and this. But before we know it, we've pulled out our cell phone. And we're... Now, looking something up or answering an email or we're just we're there, but maybe we're not able to be fully there to again, to drop into your kid's world. It's a skill and it's a hard one. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, do as I say, not as I do, because, again, (laughs) I have little kids in my house and I work really hard to be fully attentive when I'm at work. But it's harder for me to be fully attentive when I'm at home, actually. Yeah, yeah you would never like pull out your phone and like start scrolling at work. Yeah. Right? Yes. But when I'm at home, I hear the ping and and I'm like, oh, that's probably important. Yeah. Or 
might be more interesting than whatever we're playing right now. Like, sorry, kids. Um, But I think we as parents, we, we really are trying hard to connect. One of the things that I really recommend to clients that come in and work with me when I work with especially the young kids Mm -hmm. is when you're dropping into their world, really do it like commit, right? Actually drop in and they are in charge. They are running the show. So instead of directing what they're up to, go into their space with them. I think when we transfer that up to maybe teens or even adult children, Mm -hmm. we still want to bestow wisdom. Because frankly, we have it, right? Like parents have been through it. We have, and we have a lot of wisdom to give. And yeah, we didn't have cell phones when we were in high school, but we still went through high school and we had other things. Exactly, yes. And I think it's really, really great to want to give wisdom. But something that I often recommend to parents of teens is before you bestow wisdom, what if you checked and to see if they were ready? Um, hey, are you looking for support right now? Or are you looking for feedback? Oh. How can I help you? Because I want to be helpful. But I think we as parents often or as partners, right? Like in a romantic relationship, come you on. Bet. That's very applicable. Are there you looking too. for support or feedback? And I think we go to feedback more often than maybe we need to. And support is getting underutilized. Mandy, that is so good. And would you agree that we go to feedback quicker because we can fix this? Absolutely. Like we can all get out of pain right now if you'll just follow what I say right. instead of, are you looking for support? That that requires me to come through me. I'm going to have to feel something. Mm-hmm. And frankly, we have a lot of adults who have shut off feeling and they don't know how to sit and support someone because they'd have to feel themselves. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a much more vulnerable place to mm-hmm. say, okay, here, I'll sit with you Not in this. No. That's, that takes some work. That's a great question. Are you looking for support or would you say feedback? feedback? Yeah. I really, really like that. Okay. Here's another question for you. Anything else on that you no, want to share? Great. Oh, that's good. This person wanted tips for balancing the uh, the balancing of validating their child's feelings and anxieties without letting it become an excuse not to do hard things. Oh man, this is such a good question. I think because I want to give a lot of credit to where we are like as a civilization right now. I think we are tuning in to how important emotions are mm-hmm. in a way that we weren't quite ready to do in the past, mm-hmm. right? We have really decided, yeah, anxiety, depression, those are real and mm-hmm. very significant and very mm-hmm. challenging. And affecting people's lives. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the difficulties that, at least in my experience, like full disclosure, I experienced quite a bit of anxiety. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling that is just to avoid. Yeah. But that perpetuates it, right? Mm -hmm. It makes me want to avoid further Mm -hmm. those things that bring this up, trigger it or whatever term you want to use. So I think one thing we can do as a parent is make sure that we're making space for the validation. And then, again, when we're doing something beside our children, when we are supporting, we 
are going to need to move into feedback. We are going to need to go, okay, man, this is really hard. But I know you are strong and capable. And I know that you felt that before. Can you remember when you felt that, right? Like we're trying to like build it in them. And Connect them say, back to a time when they felt strong and capable. Exactly. Okay. And then we say, okay, how do we cope with this hard thing? I'm in it with you, but what you got? Yeah. Rather than I can't do it. It's too much. Shut it down. Um, there's, it's okay to take time. It's okay to take a break, mm-hmm. but avoiding grows our anxiety. So we don't want to drag our children, Mm -hmm. but we want to help them move Mm -hmm. again through these things. So let's say you have a child that won't. I do. (laughs) Okay. Just hypothetically speaking. (laughs) Then, I mean, because that, I love those tools. You're, You're with them, you validate their pain, and then you will feel better if you'll move. Yeah. If you'll, that anxiety is going to rise if you stay stuck in in that. But they choose to stay there. Then what? Right. So I mean, there's different roads that you can take because, frankly, at times there's a chemical issue going on for somebody. Right. So you can certainly call a pediatrician. Or your general practitioner, right? Call a doctor yes, and do a consult if mm-hmm. you're comfortable mm-hmm. dipping into that mm-hmm. as an option. I think, though, sometimes, again, as, as the parent, we think we know the right way to go through it, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. you're anxious about talking to your teacher, but if you just talk to them, this would solve that problem. It would be just fine. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we're like, just go. And then week after week, it's so weird. They haven't gone. And and they they just aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's a protective factor for them. Mm-hmm. What if instead we started to talk to them about, hey, talking to authority figures can be really hard. Should we go to like 7-Eleven and you pay and you order? Like you order at the restaurant, you pay, you move in these little ways where we can build that skill, build that strength. If you're working with a therapist, this is a lot of what they're going to help you do is say, okay, here's where we are. Here's where we want to be. But there's a lot of little steps along the way. How can we move in those directions to build that skill and build that self-confidence? So when we get to the hard thing, they're ready to email their teacher. Yeah, they've they've already done some of the hard things. As you were saying that, I thought um, when our children, like, if we don't want our children to feel have those fears and have all that anxiety, modeling for them doing the hard thing. Absolutely. Yes? Yeah. Yes. Because as adults, we can kind of mask it. We can kind of be like, "No, we're not going there," or "I'm yeah. not doing that," you know, and. And yet as with as parents, we want to like, no, you can do this and you're fine and we're but modeling for them exactly what it looks like to work through an anxious experience or talking about, oh yeah, this scares me, but I'm choosing it anyway. Exactly. Okay. So just personal anecdote here. I was so impressed with my great husband last night. He had a big presentation that he needed to do for work and he was feeling very anxious about it. Yeah. And I turned to my daughter. We're sitting down for family dinner. I turned to my daughter 
And as he's saying this, um, and I was like, yeah, like you've done a presentation before. And I How was old's your ready. daughter? She's seven. Okay. She did a little Is this Willa? research. Yes. Okay. A little research challenge at school. And I was ready again to be the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. I was ready to bestow wisdom on her. <laughs> and my husband turns to her and he says, oh yeah, you did do that. Do you have any tips? Oh, stop. I know, right? <laughs> Quinn. <laughs> but he, he says, do you have any tips? I'm nervous. Mm. This is a big deal for me, and I feel nervous. How'd you get through yours? Uh. Right? And to, to help her feel empowered. Also, she's super smart. She had some good tips. Yeah. <laughs> like, we aren't the only teachers in the room. It's and so really modeling it to your child to say, hey, this is vulnerable. I'm scared, but I can do hard things. You know how we say that in our house? I tell you that sometimes. I have to tell myself that too. Oh, it's so beautiful, Mandy. So the teacher is the learner. The learner is the teacher. Exactly. It's really beautiful. Okay. Here's my next question for you. Well, this the, there's a couple and they kind of go together. How do you help a child or a teen gain confidence in themselves? And actually, you've been talking about that. You, As children, we help them. Here's another one of... Christie's, you know, not best mother moments, but I, I was very impatient. It was hard, like, get this, you know, can you do this? And if not, I'm like moving it along, you know, instead of like, I got time. Oh, but it doesn't feel like we have time. I know, but that's as, as mothers again, and as, as parents, we fill our days so full, probably because of our own stuff that's going on inside of us that they, we don't leave time for them to learn and to do it wrong and then try again without us being irritated and frustrated. So I I think that's a huge one. But so here's the question. So how do you help a child or a teen gain confidence in themselves? And then here's a more specific. And so you can speak generally to this more specific question. My child has a hard time talking to her peers at school. She's only one friend at school that she feels comfortable eating lunch with and talking to. They'll sometimes sit by others, but my daughter doesn't talk to them. She also never wants to hang out with any of them, even her closest friend after school. I'm thinking she has a fear of being rejected. How can I help my child combat this and overcome the feeling of rejection? Or do you think there's something different going on here? It's a great question. And again, there's there's nuance to it. For sure. If this kid were coming into my office, I would get a lot more information. Okay. So there's my caveat yes. for the answer. But it's not uncommon to be self-conscious is we feel that all the time as adults. And we've had a lot of time to practice being who we are. Um, we also have fully developed brains, which seems to help you know, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Generally. Exactly. <laughs> so this idea that how can I help my child feel more confident where if she wants to turn to the kid next to her in the lunchroom, she feels that she could do that. I think One of the great things that, again, if we're talking to the parent, you already hit on the head, is modeling some of this. Not in a, look at me, I'm so confident you should be this way too kind of way, but in the way of being vulnerable, saying, ooh, Mm -hmm. I feel a little self-conscious. I felt a little overwhelmed going to this party or I need to go meet our new neighbors. I'd really like to do that, but I'm nervous about it. Mm. And actually coaching through kind of narrating our life, right? Mm. So I'm going to think about what could I say to them? I could ask them questions. I could 
you know, tell them how excited I am to have them here. I could pay a compliment. I know people like to give compliments, right? We're mm-hmm. doing social coaching mm-hmm. for our child and actually for ourselves at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really modeling how to work through times where we don't feel confident, modeling that for our children. The other thing, I, I was listening to another one of your podcasts and the same individual that talked about teacher learner yeah. learner or teacher student mm-hmm. um, and kind of switching between those roles talked about writing love notes oh. to the important people in his life. How valuable is it to show our children that we see them and we love them in all of their worth that they just have because they exist because they're humans because they are humans, mm. right? It's, it's, not necessarily writing the love note after they make make the team mm-hmm. or get the A. It's writing love notes throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the hard things, throughout the successes. But you get to mirror what their what your child can be confident about. Yeah. I love this about you. I respect this about you. I see this strength in you. Yeah. And when they start to hear that from us, they may begin to believe it. Yes. If they don't, and this might be where your therapist friend comes in, right? Yeah. Yes. If they don't, maybe there's a reason they don't believe it. Yes. And traumatic experiences. Exactly. There yes. might be a trauma or there might be, whether it's a trauma with your parent, right? Like, oh, we had a rough interaction or I overheard something that made me think you don't actually think I'm super yes. smart, yes, right? Whatever it might be. Um, but if there's something in the way, you might need to go digging yes. a little bit. But it's okay to dig. We all have stuff to dig through, right? We all have stuff. We all have stuff. So really trying to build them up and show them what confidence looks like. And if there's a block there, it's okay to say, hey, I see that there's a block. Are you interested in talking to somebody about it? Yes. And probably the answer would be no. (laughs) And and that's, again, model for your child. That's what I was going to say. I actually have a lot of kids who ask to come to a therapist because their friend is. Or they've seen their parent and they're like, Hey, you got much more mellow yeah. when you started working with, like when you were doing your coaching with Christy, yeah. things changed in our yeah. home, yeah. right? So really modeling that vulnerability rather than, hey, you're broken, Mandy can fix it. Yes. That's not going to go well. Not helpful. So not helpful. Yes. But hey, there's some really awesome things about you and there's so much working, but there's a couple things that we're having some trouble with. Yes. I thought we could maybe talk to somebody about what we can all do to help with that. It's one of my favorite things as a coach and, and it is when a parent will say, I'd love to, my child's hurting and I'd love to see my part. You know, could we both come and and just tell you what's going on or, and talk about it? Like to me, that is one of the most courageous things a parent can do is say, Will you show me my part? Because so often we think I have to be the right one. I'm the mom. I'm the dad. Mm -hmm. When really this is all about connection. It's all about connection. It's all about the individual. And yeah, shame comes in and convinces us that we have to be right or we have to be respected or we have. And I do believe in respect and I do believe in 
clear communication, but to to make the priority the connection to make connection the priority right is the beauty so for a parent yeah to say hey i want to see my part too let's go talk to mandy let's go see if we can make our connection better mm-hmm. no one's i yeah you use such beautiful language mandy okay mandy we're out of time i have so many more questions um and maybe on social media I can put some of those questions and you could do just a quick little something if you'd be willing to. I can take a look at it. Okay. Absolutely. Or we could talk another day. Oh, good. I'm super stressed. Are you, are you okay? Fun. Where are you? You were at a zero when you got here. Okay. Where are you at now? <laughs> no, this has been fun. Good. So at the end of every podcast, I want to give, so, so someone's listened and thought, oh, that's good. Or that, yeah, fine. At the end of the podcast, I want, I want to give someone a tool or a tip that they could take from listening to this podcast today, I'm going to work on this. What would you say is one thing? If you, if of all the things that we addressed or didn't address, what's one thing you'd say, hey, work on this this week? I, I think because we're talking to the parent like yeah. here. Yes. I would say just try to go drop into your kid's world. Oh. Spend some time not there to be the parent, not there to be the friend either, but just Drop in and look around and see what they're feeling and going through. It's going to build your empathy for their experience, and it's going to help you respond in a way that feels a little more congruent with how you really want to be acting. Every time you say that, my heart kind of like leaps. I don't know. I just feel this drop into their world, drop into your children's world, drop into your teenager's world, drop into your spouse's world. The freedom that comes from just, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to teach. I'm just here to be. be. Oh, it's so beautiful. Mandy, thank you so, so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful to, uh, to have this conversation with you. You will have many choices in your day and in your week. Mandy and I hope that you'll choose to do the work. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, share a written experience, or ask me a question, go to coachchristy.life and fill out the podcast questionnaire, and we'll be in touch with you soon. There are no dumb questions or experiences, just opportunities to learn and do the work. Have a great week.